Today we get to look at the story of Jonah again. And I hope that last week as we thought about Jonah and the fact that God called him to go to Nineveh and that he got on a ship and went to Tarshish, that we would think about how often in our lives God calls us to Nineveh and we get on the ship to Tarshish. We are more like Jonah than we might like to admit or even believe. You may not think that you're like Jonah. We deceive ourselves often. So maybe this morning we can sort of put ourselves in the shoes of Jonah or see if the Lord is putting us in the shoes of Jonah and ask ourselves some questions. We know what the Lord required of Jonah, right? It was easy. God spoke to him, said, get on a ship, head to Tarshish, and, which is modern-day Mosul, Iraq. And instead of going to Mosul, Iraq, he got on a ship going to Spain, which is where Tarshish was. The Lord called him to go one place, he went another. What does the Lord require of you? That's the question. What has the Lord called you? He has not spoken to you like he did to Jonah. He didn't come with an audible voice, tell you to go to Nineveh. But what has he told us to do? What does the Lord require of you? So I want you to think about that in a moment. I'm not just asking that rhetorically. What does the Lord require of you? What does God want from you? Do you have an answer for that question? When I ask what does the Lord want from you, where does your mind go? What do you think? What do you think the Lord wants from you? Is it a blank? Is it just a, a fear, a void? I don't know what the Lord wants from me. Well, the second question is, why don't you know what the Lord wants from you? He does want things from you. He does require things from you. What does he require from you individually as a person? What does he want from you? We've been through spiritual gifts, and we've seen that the greatest spiritual gift that God can give us is God himself. The Lord has given the best of heaven to us that we might be saved. He's given us Jesus Christ. He loves us. He's given us Himself as a gift. He's given you the Son. He's given me the Son. He's given us His Holy Spirit. The Father Himself has bestowed upon us His everlasting love. What He calls us sons and daughters. What are we supposed to do? We sang about it this morning in the intro song. Everybody was settling in. The song we sang is just a Direct quote from Micah chapter 6, verse 8. What does the Lord require of you, O man? Here's what it says in the Word of God. He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. I want to tell you that our world is bent on making you afraid. It's making you afraid teaching you that everyone out there is trying to take what is yours and that you ought to protect what is yours with all your might. And Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and God the Father are telling you the opposite. Don't protect what you've got. Give it away. Only the one who lays down his life will find it. What does the Lord require of you? He said this to his disciples. Do not take up your cross and follow me. Anyone who will not take up his, life, his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Anyone who tries to keep his life will lose it, and anyone who loses his life for my sake will find it. What does the Lord require of you? He requires you to lay down your life for the sake of his kingdom. Listen to me. The Lord requires of you to lay down your life and take up his cross and live for his kingdom. And if you're not living for his kingdom, you are in the boat with Jonah on the way to Tarshish. We are called as children 
of God to lay down our lives for the sake of the kingdom. We are called on by Almighty God to love one another. This is how the world will know you are my disciples if you love one another. John 13, 35, do you love each other? Are you loving one another? Are you holding grudges? Or are you loving? What is separating your fellowship one with another, not just in here with your family, other people who are in Christ? If not, you're in the ship with Jonah on the way to Tarshish. Your neighbor, do you love your neighbor? The Lord has called on us to love our neighbor as ourselves. Do you know your neighbor? Does their welfare cross your mind? And how shall I love my neighbor? Is this not a good question? A man asked this of Jesus, who is my neighbor? Jesus not only told him who his neighbor was, but how he ought to love him. Remember, there was a man who was on his way to Jerusalem, fell among robbers, was beaten half to death. The priest and the Levite passed on the other side, and the Samaritan came. And how does he love his neighbor? He takes him, cleans his wounds, he bandages him, puts him on his donkey, takes him to the end, pays for his medical care, and says, when I return, if there's any more cost, I will pay that also. My goodness. We are so worried that we might pay for something that somebody else needs in this country that I, it's just mind-boggling. There is no word in the word of God about the parable whether or not this man was worthy of that attention, whether or not he was supposed to be taken care of or that this Samaritan really didn't know him. He just went above and beyond the call of duty. No, Jesus said when you see somebody in need, help them. And that's how you be a neighbor to them. If not, you're in a boat, going to Tarshish. You should be headed to Nineveh. Lay down your life for the sake of of the gospel and the kingdom for others. Stop being so worried about whether or not other people deserve your help. I will answer that question. What do we deserve? What do you deserve? What if God had given to you what you deserve? Why then be so stingy with those who don't deserve your help? That is the attitude of Jonah. He didn't care about the men in the boat when the ship was about to sink. He didn't care about the people in Nineveh. He just wanted to get away from the presence of the Lord. But there's good news this morning, even though Jonah was on his way to Tarshish, even though he finally said, look, guys, you're going to have to toss me out of the boat. I'm the reason that this storm has come, and the only way to save the ship and yourselves is to toss me overboard. And they did. After they begged the Lord to spare them and not to be mad at them, that they offered sacrifices to God, the pagans on the boat had more sense than a man who knew the Lord. And there went Jonah over the side of the ship. But here's the good news. The Lord will hear your prayer in your time of distress. The Bible says here that Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. <laughs> I want you to understand today that the fish was not punishment. It was a deliverance. The fish was a deliverance. It was the water that was about to kill Jonah. The Bible says here, as he prayed, he had fallen out of the boat. He was sinking down to the bottom of the sea. The, the boisterous waves had come over his head. He was falling down to the bottom, he says, to the mountains, to the, to the base of the mountains. I mean, he's sinking down to the bottom of the sea. And my favorite thing is Robert read this morning. He even mentioned that the seaweed was wrapped around his head. <laughs> he was a goner. 
the sea was about to kill Jonah and the Lord could have let Jonah drown. Sounds like Psalm 18. In fact, if you read this prayer of Jonah from the belly of the fish, here's what Psalm 18 says. Jonah's not the only one to experience this. The ropes of death were wrapped around me. The torrents of destruction terrified me. The ropes of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. I called to the Lord in my distress, and I cried to my God for help. From his temple he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. Psalm 18, 4 through 6. Sounds like the psalmist had a similar experience to Jonah. You really learn how to pray when, when things are going well. You know, we, we're, we're always talking about how it's tough to have our quiet time, time to pray to the Lord. Look, when your life is on the edge and you're about to reach ruin, it is amazing how easy it becomes to pray. Here's the truth. Jonah was guilty of disobedience to the Lord and the storm was sent in judgment of his guilt. He was guilty. Jonah knew it, the Lord knew it, and even the men on the ship knew it. And what's interesting here is Jonah's words. Even I find in his prayer that he is perhaps off a little. He says here that I have been expelled from your sight. I have been expelled from your sight. Or verse 4, my translation says, I have been banished from your sight. Isn't that an interesting choice of words? Considering the fact that the Bible says the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amati, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it. And the Bible says, and Jonah got on a ship for Tarshish to flee the presence of the Lord. He got on a ship to flee the presence of the Lord. And in his prayer, he says, I've been expelled from your sight. Who put Jonah in a place where he felt that he was out of the presence and sight of the Lord. Jonah did that. The Lord did not cast him out. Jonah ran from the Lord. Jonah was the one trying to get away from God. He was trying to escape the presence of the Lord. And he never could. Because the Lord God is in Nineveh, he is in Tarshish, and he's in Jerusalem. He was on the ship and he was in the sea. There was nowhere that Jonah could go to escape from his presence. Even when the seaweed was wrapped around his head and he was at the bottom of the sea, about to drown, about to lose consciousness, he thought of the Lord. And the Lord delivered him. Where will you go to escape the presence of the Lord? Most assuredly, I say to you, you have not been expelled from the presence of God. Though you run from him, he will not leave you. When Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, even to the end of the age, did he say, I will never leave nor forsake you unless you do something really dumb and head for Tarshish? Then I'm not going with you. <laughs> he is faithful when we are faithless, and his ear is ever attentive to our cry, even this morning. You may not have seaweed wrapped around your head this morning, but you might be so wrapped up in your own life that you have no thought for the kingdom of God. You are not sold out for his kingdom. The seaweeds around your head and the weeds that choke the life out of you to keep you from bearing fruit 
are not the seaweeds of the Mediterranean Sea, but it is the weeds of the want of this culture and trying to excel in this life and not the one to come. Those are the weeds that choke and kill. You might be doing your own thing and not the thing the Lord himself has called you to do. And it is possible to be so wrapped up in your life and the good things which the Lord has given you that we have no time or no thought for the things that God has called us to do for his kingdom. But the Lord can hear you in your distress. You're sinking. You may not know. So the Lord will hear you in your distress. That's good news. And two, it's never too late. Look at what the word of the Lord says. Uh, Jonah says, You brought my life from the pit while I was fainting away or about to lose consciousness. Jonah was a goner. But at the last moment, he called to the Lord and just in the nick of time, the Lord delivered him. You are not in too deep. See what I did there? Jonah was in deep. You're not in too deep either. You've not gone so far and you've not failed so often that God cannot deliver you. I don't care what you've done. He loves you with an everlasting love. This morning, the Lord loves you. He offers you repentance and salvation through Christ. Once again, the gospel offered to you. And will be forever. The Lord loves you. You are His beloved. But before we can be delivered, we need to know that we're in distress. And so this week it has been my prayer that if you are on the boat to Tarshish and don't know it, that the Lord would wake you up, that the Spirit would shake you and say, what are you doing with your life? Are you laying up treasures for yourself here on earth or are you laying them up in heaven? Are you doing justice, loving mercy, and walking humbly with your God? If you are bent on yourself, a prayer is that you will snap out of it and serve the Lord. You will call on Him be delivered. I love this instant deliverance the Lord offered. I love it. Matt talked about the other Sunday night. That oh, No, no, this was in the newsletter. He gives me so much wisdom through the week I can't even remember when he's telling me. There we were with Peter, right? They're all in the boat. Jesus walked across the sea. Everybody's scared to death. And I'm just going to tell you now, if I saw a guy walking across the sea, I'd be scared to death. And he says, don't be afraid, it's me. What did Peter say? Lord, if it's you, call to me and let me walk to you on the sea, right? Jesus said, come on. Come on in, the water's fine. So Peter starts walking across the sea. You can read about this in Mark. And he sees the wind and the waves, right? And he gets scared and he starts to sink. And he says, the Bible says he starts to sink. And he said, Lord, help. And look, in Mark it says this, it's emphatic. Immediately, the Lord reached out his hand and grabbed him. The word is there, immediately. He didn't wait. He didn't laugh. He didn't let Peter get more afraid. The moment he said, Lord, help, immediately the Lord seized him by the hand. Just like he did Jonah just like he did David, and he will do the same for you. The moment you cry to the Lord, immediately he will seize you. It is never too late, my friend. Never 
do it. Not while we still live. And just by prayer, we'll call on him and be delivered. I know that sometimes we don't know we need deliverance. I was just mentioning that. We, we think we're fine. We're fine. We've got it under control. I've got my life, my, my stuff I want to do for me here. I've got my stuff at church here. I'm busy at church. I've got this stuff here. No, it's all for the Lord. Maybe you don't know you need to be delivered. You remember the Last Supper of the Lord? Read about that. Jesus was hurting in his heart. And he said, I tell you the truth. One of you is going to betray me. What did the disciples say? Lord, is it me? Is it me? Lord, is it me? Maybe you should ask the Lord that question. Am I a betrayer? Of all the Lord has given me, have I been faithful? Am I faithful to the Lord? If you read Jonah as, man, this guy's an idiot, you miss the whole point of the book of Jonah. Well, not really. He is an idiot. But the point is that so are you, and so am I. The beauty of the book of Jonah is that God continues to deliver people that don't deserve it. That's what made Jonah mad in the first place. He's afraid if he goes and preaches in Nineveh, that great enemy of Israel, that God would deliver them, and he didn't want to see them get saved. Jonah didn't like the Assyrians. He didn't like the Ninevites. They were invaders. Sorry, people. Godless, pagan. Ruining Israel. Corrupting it with its godless influences. The Lord said, go there and preach to that great city. Oh, Jonah didn't like the sound of that. I don't like those people. The Lord is good. And the Lord is kind. And his eyes roam to and fro across this land, seeking whom he might help and deliver. Even now. The Lord will hear your cry of distress. And it's never too late for you to be delivered. But I want to end with this final warning the deliverance he sends may not be to your liking <laughs> when Jonah was sinking down in the sea maybe he thought perhaps the ship could just turn around and pick me back up that would be nice right no the Lord delivered him in the belly of a fish it was a miracle nobody lives in the belly of a fish it says fish not whales or big fish he was in this belly for three days. I cannot think of a worse place to be. That seems terrible. I thought about this this morning. As I was getting ready to come to church, I thought, that is awful. And the Bible says, well, I love this, verse 10. This is, this is the, behold the deliverance of the Lord. The Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto the dry land. <laughs> That is a special deliverance right there, is it not? That's the kind of deliverance you're looking for when you cry out for help. Hey, being delivered is rough. I remember when Paul was speaking to the Ephesian elders, he said, through many trials and tribulations must we be delivered into the kingdom of heaven, and he encouraged them with such words. <laughs> Are you encouraged? How about the flood? God made Noah build a box. A massive box and all these animals on it. Thought about that this morning too. I was coming here 
And I thought, and I've heard this before, but now I have six cows. Six cows. It's not a lot compared to what was on that ark. And if the wind is just right with six cows, you can smell cow poop. Manure, sorry, we're in church. Wafting from my pasture. I think to myself, what must it have been like to be in on Noah's ark with all those animals? I mean, they were shoveling it every day. I have no doubt, unless another miracle occurred. I once heard a preacher say that it, you could not stand the stink on the inside of the ark if it weren't for the storm on the outside. That's the Lord's deliverance. That's what I'm trying to tell you this morning. When you get right with the Lord and call out to Him in your time of distress and the Lord delivers you, that does not mean it's going to be easy from here on out. When the fish vomited up Jonah, guess where he was headed? Nineveh. It's really nice to be rescued when you're sinking down to the bottom of the sea and then you turn around and realize that I'm right back where I started from. I have got to do the same old thing. I've got to live a life of repentance. Those who I've wronged, I need to make restitution. Oh, the vehicle of our deliverance is not always easy. In fact, it never is. Paul told Timothy, those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. There are many tribulations unless we enter the kingdom of God. Jesus said it like this, if they've called the master of the house Beelzebub, what do you think they're going to call you? Servants not above his master. Students not above his teacher. It's not going to be easy going. Jonah wound up in the belly of the fish. David repented. Remember sin with Bathsheba? He was just living life grand, wasn't he? And Nathan comes in and tells him this sad story. He says, oh, King David, there's this man. He's very poor, and he had one little sheep. It was just this little lamb, an innocent little lamb. And he, he took it, and it was orphaned, and he loved that lamb, and he raised it. And a rich guy who had a bunch of sheep comes by and took that man's lamb and slaughtered it so that he could feed his rich buddies. What should happen to this guy? Oh, David was upset. You know why? He used to be a shepherd. He's raised those little lambs. He was mad. He said, this man deserves to die over a lamb. And Nathan said, well, you're the man. You took Uriah the Hittite's wife, had him killed. Have I not given you wives and riches? I'm going to have given you more if you'd ask me. You've done this thing. David cried out. The Lord have mercy on me. And Nathan said, The Lord has taken away your iniquity. You will not die. However, the sword will never depart from your house. Because of his iniquity and his sin, David lost a son, Absalom, to rebellion. Absalom, his son, killed his other son. Why did he do that? Because he raped his sister. David was delivered, but that did not make his life easy. I will say this. Though our deliverance may not be pleasant and our walk here hard, the alternative is death. Go with the Lord. And no matter what trial and tribulation faces us, His peace will always go with us. 
This morning, I know, I know that some of you are in the belly of the fish. You don't know your right hand from your left like the people of Nineveh. Maybe you might be here this morning and be not sure that anyone loves you. Don't feel loved. Feel very alone and lonely. The Lord loves you. He made you. He will be with you forever. Repent from your sin and your self-seeking. And the Lord will deliver you. And you will live a great adventure with Him. Many lives will be changed because of your repentance. A cry of distress to the Lord He will never despise. And even now, at this moment, He stands ready to deliver you. Ask Him. He will do it. Let's pray.